0: Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here with you. Lovely to see you. Uh, thanks for the welcome. I'm a very young father in law to Brian, when he was a wee lad, you know, we used to do things together. <laughs> and I've got five minutes before you all fall asleep, so let's just, let's just crack on, shall we? And I, so I, I'm going to give you a slide, um, which I think the guys have got for us. Um, so hopefully, um, if you do fall asleep in the next five minutes, that's all of my notes for this morning. So you've already got everything, okay? So yeah, get, get a photo of that, and then, or you can just go home before you fall asleep. It's entirely up to you. So we're beginning a series of preaching or teaching today, and the series is this. It's Hope is Found in Jesus. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and I'm going to share just how sharing the gospel with words is part of that hope found in Jesus. And this is something for us, like we're just learning about, just really taking some steps and beginning to learn about. And I'm going to talk today just about five great commission passages from Jesus. Um, I always thought there was just one great commission passage. And uh, You can think of the one that you you think of that comes to mind, Um, but as I've looked at this, I've discovered there's five, and we're just going to look at each one today, Um, but let me give you some background. Jesus has been amongst the disciples for a number of years, and he's been doing and teaching certain things. That's what Jesus did. He came and did stuff, and then he taught them to do stuff. And then we arrive at this point where Jesus dies and is resurrected from the dead. And we have this 40-day period where Jesus appears in resurrected form to the disciples. Now we know he appears lots of times and we know that he appears to lots of people. Uh, On one occasion, even to as many as 500 of the disciples. But Scripture doesn't tell us a lot about everything that he says on every one of those occasions. But here are some things Scripture does tell us when he appeared to the disciples in that 40-day period. And why does Scripture make sure these are recorded for us? Why do you think? Because we need them. Because if we're going to know anything about that 40 day period, these are the things we need to know. We have to know this stuff. So let's just look at them, shall we? John 20 verse 21. Do you have your Bibles? Do you want to turn to that with me and we'll read it? So here we go. I'll, I'll read it from 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So here's Jesus Appearing to the ten disciples. Thomas is not there on that first evening. Jesus is resurrected from the dead that morning, that Easter morning. And appears to the disciples hidden away in a room in Jerusalem. Day one of this 40 day period. And Jesus speaks to them. Peace. And he says to them, just as the Father sent me into the world, I am sending you. And this is the model of the Great Commission. The Father sends Jesus. Jesus sends his followers. Jesus didn't just come into the world sort of generally. Um, Jesus uh, God didn't just send him generally just to be amongst us and hang out you know like one of those people who's just really nice and he hangs around and he says some nice things and maybe occasionally does something really good and he just waits around for you and I to say oh wow 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 look at your life you're amazing um tell us why are you here Jesus didn't just come generally in that sense to be a great person who said great things, who did great things, who even to display some of the great things about his father. When we read in Mark 1 of Jesus arriving into Galilee from the wilderness, it says this, that Jesus arrives into Galilee proclaiming, The good news of God. If you were to watch Jesus, this is what you'd have seen. You'd have seen God in the flesh coming very intentionally and specifically speaking and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus did. The next day... So, so they go through that first day. Jesus arrives, he calls the people to repentance and faith in him. He goes down to the lake and he calls his first two disciples and they follow him. They go a bit further along the lake and guess what the three of them do? They call another two disciples to follow him. And all of a sudden there's five men travelling around Galilee on like the first day or the first few days of this incredible focused mission. They go to the synagogue. Jesus proclaims the gospel of the kingdom in the synagogue. That night, they end up at Simon Peter's home. You know what happens there, don't you? They go in, they meet the family, and Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick. So he heals her. And uh, they eat together. And then many people, in fact, it says the whole town gathered at the door that night. There were healings, there were demons cast out, there was the gospel proclaimed to that town. And then they went to sleep. And very, very early in the morning, Jesus gets up and he goes up onto a mountain to pray. The disciples wake up a bit later and they're like, where's Jesus? And they're running around searching for him because they've just had a great first week of mission. Some stuff's really kicked off in Simon Peter's town and in their little region and they go find Jesus and he's praying and, he's, and they say to him, Lord, where have you been? Where have you been? Everyone's looking for you as if to say, Jesus, we've got a great thing going down here. Come on, where are you? Everyone wants to spend time with you and Jesus says this, he says, let's go somewhere else because There are many other towns and villages where I need to go and preach. And so they set off. Jesus, in this relentless pursuit of the kingdom, not just going around being nice guys, not just being kind, not just saying great sayings that you and I can then go and repeat. He's relentlessly pursuing the kingdom. He's going from every town and village to every place, to every synagogue, to as many homes as he can get to. And everywhere he goes, he proclaims the gospel of the kingdom. There are signs, there are wonders, there are miracles occurring, there are demons cast out. And the gospel is preached and people begin to follow this Jesus. And then he trains his followers to do the same. And we know there are many times through the Gospels there where Jesus gathers the 12. And he's basically saying, Well, look, guys, you've been hanging around with me for a while. You've watched what I do. I want you to do it. And uh, we know in Luke 9, he gives them real specific instructions. I want you to go I want you to go to every town and place don't take some money with you don't take extra clothes with you just go and you'll be welcomed and preach the gospel heal the sick raise the dead and tell them the kingdom of God has come among you Luke 9 Luke 10 he trains 72 others to go do exactly the same thing and off they go so here's a question for us a w- Are we sent by Jesus into this world? Are you sent by Jesus into this world? Are we going in response to the command of Jesus? I am sending you into the world. And are we preparing and training and raising up others who will go, just like Jesus did, sent from the Father, training and sending others. You and I, sent by Jesus, training and sending others. When we look at each other's lives, when we look at John as a leader in our church, do we see a man who's going to lost people to proclaim the gospel? Is John and the other leaders here, are they training us up to go And to take the gospel to our community. What about you? What about your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren? Are you raising them up and training them so that every one of those knows how to go? As the Father sent me, I am sending you. As Jesus sends us, we send others. Can we do this as a church? Good. Great. We'll come up, who, who said that? This lady. We'll come up with a plan later. Mark 16, verse 15. Okay. Towards the end of Mark there. And Jesus says to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. This is the magnitude of the Great Commission or the size of the task. How big is the task? It's flipping huge, guys. Like it doesn't stop. Yeah? you see that? We say this, when people talk to us about the work we do, and they say, well, you know, where do you go or who do you go to? And we just say this, every person in every place, every person in every place, just turn to the person next to you and say, we are sent to every person in every place. Just turn and say that to someone. Is this true? Is it relevant? Is it kind? Who said that? (laughs) Tanya, earlier. Is that a word from the Spirit? Is it true that we are sent and we should go to every person in every place? Yes. Is it relevant? Yes, it is. Is it kind to go to people? I tell you what, it's kinder than sitting here waiting for them. I promise you that. People will thank you for going to them. People will thank you for stopping them in the street. People will thank you for interrupting their conversations and their work days. I was with one of our disciples the other night, and we're just sitting down sharing how we got on with our goals this week. And Ben turns to me, he says, Oh, Russ, he said, I've had a great day at work. He said, like, I was sharing the gospel with this guy, and I've never shared the gospel with him before. And he said, Russ. We just downed tools for an hour and sat there talking about the gospel. I'm like, come on. And his mate thanked him for it. Thanked him for it. I tell you, people everywhere, it's the kindest thing you will do. So this is the promise of Scripture. For the glory of God will fill the earth. And the message of Jesus will be proclaimed everywhere through his followers this is going to happen here's the question will it happen through me will I sent by Jesus go to every person in every place you know you know sometimes we're just waiting for people to come to us aren't we just thinking we'll just live our lives we'll be those nice people And someone will come to us and say, oh man, look at you, you're incredible. Uh, Tell us, why do you live the way you live? And you get that perfect gospel opportunity. Who has that happened to this week in the room? Who's had somebody walk up to you and say, wow, look at your life, tell me about Jesus? Okay, how many of us in the room? A hundred of us? That hasn't happened once this week. In the last month, has someone walked up to you and said, wow, this is incredible, look at you. Tell me about the Jesus you follow. In the last month? No one. In the last year, has anyone walked up to you and said, you're an amazing person. Please tell me about the Jesus you follow. In the last year. Yeah. One. Two. Three. Four. Okay. How far does the gospel go? Every person, every place. Does the gospel get to every person in every place? If we sit here waiting... For somebody to say, John, I just love you, brother. You're such an amazing man. Look at the way you keep your grass. You always put the bins out for me. You're really special. Tell me about Jesus, please. Why do you live the way you live? I had one bloke speak to me and say that in the last, what, in the last three years, Alan? He, he came over to me, he said, Russell, he said, you're the nicest man in our street. He said, like, Why? And, and I just literally had the perfect moment and that happened once in the last three years guys the gospel doesn't get to everyone via this route anything less than going to every person is not a biblical vision of how we should be as disciples and how the church should be in this community if we're waiting for them to queue at the door on a Sunday morning Guess what? When did that ever happen? Not not ever, hearing this? Not ever. Yeah? What about on the day of Pentecost? Were they queuing at the door saying, tell us about this, Jesus? No, they weren't. Jesus, by the Spirit, sends them out, and they go out proclaiming the good deeds of the Lord and people hear and respond tell us what's this all about Peter stands up and he preaches the gospel and people respond every person every place this is the magnitude of the task so here's a question for you and me Do you have a plan to reach every person you know, your kids, your relatives, your neighbours, your work colleagues, the guys you go cycling club with, the women you knit with, or whatever you do? Do you have a plan to reach those people? Do I, Russ, do I have a plan? What about the people in our street, the hundred houses around you? Do you have a plan to take the gospel, the hope that is found only in Jesus? Do you have a plan to take it to the 100 homes? What about the 500 houses on your estate? What about the 10,000 people of Dis? Or what, the 25,000 of South Norfolk? Do you, Hope Church, have a plan to proclaim The hope that is found in Jesus to every person, in every place, in every community where you are sent. Matthew 28, verse 19. This happens on a mountain in Galilee. can't see that. It happens on day 11 to 14. It's about 80 miles out of Jerusalem, so it takes them a few days to walk there. So we know it happens around day 11 to 14. And Jesus speaks to the 11 disciples and he says to them this. Go. make disciples of all the nations, baptize those new disciples and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you even to the very ends of the earth. This is the method of the Great Commission. Jesus is really clear. Focus on this. Go. You're sent, remember? You're sent by Jesus into the world, and we're working to send others. So go. Go. Make disciples of all the nations. Every person, every place. Every person in every home in your street, or my neighborhood, or my estate. Baptise those new disciples. Teach them. Teach them to what? To obey everything that I have commanded you. Which includes what? How to go. How to share the gospel. How to make disciples. How to baptise. How to gather them together and teach them, so that the work is always multiply, Always multiplying everywhere. And Jesus says this, I will be with you. How many of us read that passage? Well, yeah, how many of us read that passage, and the first thing we notice is, oh, Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. Isn't that amazing? I've never yet met a Christian and read that passage with them, and they They say to me, Oh, I'll grab hold of that. Jesus is with me to the end of the age. How many of us equally grab hold of, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptize them, teach them to obey everything? We don't. We just don't. We just pick out the bit we like. Jesus is real clear here. He's focusing the lens. This is how you carry on my work, this is how the kingdom grows. This is how you reach your town, guys. This is how you reach your family, your street, your neighbourhood, your work colleagues. This is how you step across the border into Suffolk and you start a work there. And then you get to Essex or Buckinghamshire or somewhere else. Or maybe you jump across the water and go to the Netherlands or France or Belgium. But this is how it happens. The gospel has to go everywhere. Luke 24, verse 46 to 48. This happens back in Jerusalem. It's day 40 of this period of time. So it's the last day that Jesus will ever be with his disciples. And it's earlier in the day. Later that day, he's going to disappear into heaven. And he appears to the 11. And he says this. Thus it is written, the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending you the promise of my Father to be upon you. This is the message of the Great Commission. Jesus makes the message crystal clear. The message is not, go and love everyone, guys. I mean, go and love everyone, yes, please, please do. It's not that that's wrong. But you know how our secular humanistic world interprets love, don't you? What it means to love everyone. Jesus didn't say just go love everyone. Jesus didn't say go do great things, go do nice things, go make a name for yourselves. Jesus is crystal clear about his message. And our message should be his message. Yeah? Otherwise, we're not not disciples of Jesus. We're not followers of his way if we are not speaking his message. And it's a message of faith in his name, repentance from sin, and forgiveness. This is justice for the world. This is what justice looks like. This is what it looks like to set people free from the greatest injustice of all, which is the work of Satan to enslave people into his kingdom and blind their eyes so they can't even see that they're lost. And do you know what we're called to do? Preach repentance and faith and forgiveness of sin and freedom from injustice so that you and I can live our lives... For the glory of the great King Jesus. And bring this same justice to every person in every place. So that they too get invited into the freedom that you and I know. I mean, please. Please look at your finances and give some money and go buy houses, guys. And go go house people. But I tell you what, that's not the core message. The core message is this, proclaim the gospel of freedom in Jesus to every person in every place. Feed them while you do it, please. Love them and be kind to them. Fall over yourselves to be generous to everyone you meet. But you know the kindest thing you will ever do? Share the gospel. The kindest thing anyone ever did for me was call me to follow Jesus and then teach me to follow Jesus. When I am on my deathbed, I will say thank you because I am assured of an eternity with Jesus. My life is saved. It was saved a long while ago and I know I am saved for all eternity. This is the greatest gift that anyone could ever know. This is the greatest freedom that any person could ever know. Do you, as a church, have a way to share that message? I mean, not shouting and hollering like I did. But do you have a simple way to just sit down with your mates... And just share the gospel. I'd been a pastor for 20 years. I'd been helping lead lead a church for like, it was a great church. It's the church Graham and Shelley came from. Some of you have been there. We We were having a great time. And you know what I realized? I had many, many friends who were far from God. I didn't know how to sit down with them across my dining table and share the gospel with them. I knew how to talk about my church. I knew how to talk about God in general. I knew how to, Jan and I knew how to share a bit of our story of Jesus with them. But we didn't know how to look them in the eye and say, so are you ready to turn from your sin? Take Jesus as your king and begin to follow him today. We'd love to teach you some more. Are you ready to meet again? We didn't know how to do that. To our shame. We now have a way to do that. We share that message with people every day, every day, whether we're with our mates or whether we're walking through town. We share it all the time and God, just God moves, God opens people's hearts just in incredible ways. I was in the park the other day, meet this bunch of like 35, 40 year old guys, they're as high as a kite. It's the middle of the afternoon. And they are absolutely, I, they, weren't, they weren't just taking weed and drinking alcohol. They were high on something else. And uh, we, tried to, we prayed for them and tried to share the gospel with them. Four of them just laughed us, tried to laugh us out of the park. But once you're focused, like, you're not, not going to let people go, are you? Yeah, I mean that lovingly and kindly. Uh, but one guy, he was ready to listen. And we just shared the gospel with Brandon. And he's from a Christian background. And he says, this is amazing. He said, I believe this message. And uh, he gives, gave us his address. He said, come back and see me when I'm not high. So we've been seeing him every day. Well, no, we haven't been seeing him every day this week. We've been back like four times in the last week. Just to spend time with Brennan, Just to begin to call him constantly. What would it look like for you to begin to follow Jesus? Ditch the weed, ditch the drugs, ditch the crime. What's it going to look like? And he's like, I want to do this. I want to be in. I want to be in the kingdom of Jesus. Just amazing. People will respond everywhere. And then we have Acts, our last verse. Acts 1, verse 8. Here we go. On this Pentecost Sunday. So Jesus appears to them again, just moments before his ascension. Like literally, these are our last minutes together with Jesus. And he's been focusing the lens. As the Father sent me, remember, you're sent. You're sent. All of you. Just like the Father sent Jesus, Jesus is sending you. And we're sent into all the world, into the whole of creation. To every person, in every place never stop short guys never stop short there's plenty of lost people around don't stop short don't look at somebody and think they're too high don't look at somebody and think they're too posh they've got a nice house they've got everything they haven't if they don't have Jesus they're lost and they're dead it's true don't look at somebody who's big and tattooed and be scared and think they'll never listen. They will. I was out with my daughter. She's like, she was about 26, 27. I mean, she's, she's tough anyway, but we're banging on these doors down through her neighborhood. And this big guy answers the door and he stands there. And it's like one of those houses. It's got steps up to the front door. So he's towering down. He's got a vest t-shirt thing on. And he's got tattoos everywhere. He's a big guy, bald head like me proper Essex male you know (laughs) and he looks down at her and says yeah what do you want so she looks up at him we're just caring for our community today Uh, and we wondered could we pray for you he's like no and he goes to slam the door and the door gets like that fast shut so she sticks her head in and says well can I share this story with you about Jesus he opens the door he comes down off the step. He looks at her. He says, "Yeah, come on in." And she shares the gospel with him, just like we trained her to do. And he looks at her, and she looks him in the eye. She says, "Where are you?" He says, "I'm in brokenness. Where do you want to be?" He says, "Why? Well, anyone would want to be in God's plan." She's like, "Are you ready to follow Jesus? To repent of your sins?" to take him as your Lord and King, to be baptised and to begin to follow as a disciple. He says, no, I'm not. He says, I tell you what, this is a great message you've got. And he listened to the gospel. Wow, praise God. Not everyone's going to respond. Yeah? But everyone needs to hear. If there's not a seed planted, nothing's going to grow. Yeah? Nothing's going to grow. If there are lots of seeds planted... Guess what? Guess what God's going to raise up? He's going to raise up a great harvest, a great harvest everywhere. You may not see it ever because some are going to sow and others are going to come along and water and others are going to reap the crop. But we just have to be faithful to Jesus. And then we arrive here in Acts 1, verse 8. These moments before Jesus leaves. And he says this, You will receive power When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and he disappeared before their sight. The last words of Jesus to his followers. I will fill you with power and you will be my witnesses you will go sent by the father sent by me to every person in every place to make disciples of all the nations to proclaim a clear gospel and I'm going to give you the means of the great commission the power to do this do you know what Like I I was a leader, I didn't know what to do. Jesus has given us tools and he's given us his power to do the work. You know what, if you're scared looking up at that guy with tattoos or you're scared to approach those guys in the park or you're scared to sit down with your wife or your husband and share the gospel with them because you've perhaps not done it for many years. Do you know what? You will receive power and you will be. My witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So Jesus gives us the means to do this, his power. In Matthew twenty-four, fourteen, Jesus said these words, "'This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in my name to all the nations.'" And then the end will come. This is going to happen. It's the promise of the whole of Scripture. You know what God spoke to the first people on the face of the earth when he created them? What did he say to Adam and Eve? His first command. Go into all the world. Be fruitful. Increase in number. and Fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? With people like you, who carry his image, his glory. It's his first command at the beginning of Scripture. It runs all the way through the Psalms, the prophets, all the way through the life of Jesus, all the way to the end, where we will stand before the throne and before the Lamb. People from every tribe, from every people group, from every tongue and from every nation, giving glory to the Lamb. Jesus will complete his work. Will we follow him? Will we? You notice what it says about you will receive power. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. If you want to jump in that work, if you want to be that sort of disciple, then just stand and let's pray for each other, shall we? So let's just stand. Can I do that bar? Is that okay? Do whatever you do to cry out to the Lord. let's just pray together Jesus make us a church like this a church that is sent into this community I pray a church that goes to every person in every place a church that makes disciples who make disciples of all people a church that proclaims the gospel, the message of Jesus. A church that is filled with your power, Lord, we pray. Fill us, your people, your church, with your power to do your work, we pray, in Jesus' name. And do it, Lord, for the glory of your name and of your great kingdom, that your kingdom might multiply across the face of the earth, we pray